the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. What's on your financial mind? Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. We can talk any angle that you want to talk. My goal is to kind of not befriend you, but let you know that the markets can really be a positive thing and not necessarily a negative thing. That down markets create opportunity, up markets create risk and question, and these are the areas that you have to play in. The markets are showing impressive strength. What you tend not want to see is you tend not to want to see a straight up market or a straight down market. It doesn't tell you much. It tells you that greed or fear is in charge. Yesterday, the SP 500 showed impressive strength even though it lost almost half of the gains in a steady afternoon decline. The seven-point gain on the day kind of told us, again, that valuations are low on Wall Street, or at least some people think so. Disney had a mixed report yesterday after the close. Now they got John Carter behind them, the Avengers on top of them. Avengers 2 going to be made. You know that. I know that. There's almost no news out of Europe. Stock exchanges are slightly lower in Europe. The Spanish 10-year yield is approaching that feared 7% again at 6.89%. question right now is, you know, momentum. And Wall Street, can it maintain? There's a risk that the momentum trade is fading, which could put us back into that stark, dark world of uh, reality. Uh, Europe's probably in a recession. The United States close to a recession. Asia slowing down. We'll get through it. I'm not freaked out. I hope you're not freaked out. I'll let you know when to freak out. Now is not the time to freak out. Stocks. What are the game changers? We know there's things like the fiscal cliff. That's coming up at the end of the year where a lot of tax cuts expire. That's a potential game changer. We get the Federal Reserve stimulus or no stimulus. That's certainly a game changer. Right? Are you with me? Against me? Choose a side. This is a war. Some other game changers that we have to pay attention to is Obama or Romney. The run-up to the presidential election is a time of great uncertainty. It's tough for investors to gain any strong insight into which policies would be put in place until a winner emerges. The final makeup of Congress is pretty critical to the financial puzzle. The 
since World War II, stocks have suffered losses only three times in election years. Rallies tend to get stronger as election day nears and policy clarity improves. S&P 500 has risen 81% of the time since 1944 in the fourth quarter of election years. So this should be a good year. But some other fiscal, of course, some other questions, deal breakers, whatever you want to call them, game changers, Fed stimulus or no stimulus, Obama or Romney, fiscal cliff, are we going to go over the edge or is it too close to call? Kind of could be hit with a drag of $500 billion next year, less in the consumer's pockets. How about Europe? Will they make up or break up? Will Greece stay part of the European Union? These are big questions. You know, a couple weeks ago, Mario Draghi, who was one of the villains in Mario Brothers, he basically said he'll do whatever it takes to save the euro. And yet, irresponsibly, one week later, he's like, uh, we got to check with Europe. We got to check with Germany first. I mean, that's really serious what it feels like at this point in time. Germany controls Europe. Policymakers, will they fix it or will they make it worse? Is another question mark that we face. The fate of markets for the remainder of the year. Policy, policy, policy. Key decisions on taxes and ways to bolster growth while also trimming the balloon and budget deficit could be a market negative. The failure of European lawmakers and makers to end their debt crisis and halt financial contagion would also be bearish. Policy out of China and their inability to manufacture a soft landing for its once booming economy. Everything right now seems to be in the hand of politicians. And the final wall of worry that we're playing with, game changer, is China. Will it be a hard or soft landing? Those are the six big questions that are plaguing Wall Street right now. China is the second biggest economy in the world, but they're also the engine of recovery that helped us out of the financial crisis. A hard landing or severe economic slowdown is the last thing investors want to see. But again, it's certainly on our mind, right? So one last thought on some of the news that we're getting right now. Domestically, it's not so good. Domestically, it's not so bad. Disney showed great strength at their theme parks. They showed great strength in their new attractions, cars, at the theme parks. But McDonald's, on the other hand, showed incredible weakness. U.S. was down one-tenth of a percent. Europe down six-tenths of a percent. Africa, Middle East, and Asia down 1.5%. But what they said in the United States, comparable sales were relatively flat. Its promotional activity did not offset the effects of the sluggish economy. And last year's launch of the mango pineapple smoothie. I know you're going, Dan, that sounds good. Mango pineapple smoothie. Customers going to McDonald's, they're focused on driving results through the well-balanced combination of value, variety, and innovation. They've done pretty good, right? I mean, as much as you hate McDonald's, you have to be stunned that they did so well with coffee, that they did so well with some of their other launches, They're trying to at least look like they're a company that cares. 
compelling day part value platforms and market leading conveniences continue to differentiate McDonald's in the region. Mm. I did a story yesterday about McDonald's is focused on that 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. time frame as a way of growing their business. I know you're saying you can't make this stuff up. Of course you can't. One thing you can make up is a career. We'll talk a little bit about careers in the show. Things that you can do to make more money where you don't need necessarily a college degree. One of the better ones, believe it or not, security. So the hardest jobs to fill in 2012. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about your investments. You can call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. You can tweet the show, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. And you can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. It's Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Let's take a break here. We'll be right back on Business Network, Wall Street. Rob Black, your money. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. One of the big stories out today, cash moved one small step towards deathbed. This is bad news for Visa and MasterCard. The announcement that Square mobile payment startup would be partnering with Starbucks. Square is going to begin processing all credit and debit card transactions at Starbucks stores in the United States. And eventually customers will be able to order grande vanilla latte. Charge their credit card simply by saying their names. Smartphone payments have a long way to go before they replace our wallets altogether. Starbucks adoption of Square is going to catapult this technology onto street corners nationwide. It's the clear sign yet that mobile payments could become mainstream. Anyone that's going to break the mobile payments barrier has to get over that resistance. When everything we have works really, really, really well, even cash, which is terribly convenient. But if a merchant jumping into mobile payment solution signals to other merchants that there's an opportunity, psychology other merchants might change. Starbucks has offered its own mobile payment app since last year and processes more than a million mobile payments a week. Customers will continue to be able to use it, but they'll also be able to use Pay with Square, Square cell phone app which eliminates even having to take the phone out of your pocket or sign a receipt. Starbucks customers will need to show the merchant a barcode on their phones, but when Starbucks uses Square's full GPS technology, the customer's phone will automatically notify the store that the customer has entered, and the customer's name and photo will pop up on the cashier's screen. The customer will be able to give the merchant his name. Starbucks will match the photo with a payment, and it'll all be done. This is a big day in mobile payments. They're creating a national footprint for Square technology, and that's going to be a catalyst for Square to get into thousands of other small businesses. I hate saying this phrase, my hairdresser uses Square, but I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. I know you're saying you have a hairdresser. I've seen your hair, Rob, and there's nothing dressy about it. You're more right than wrong. Let's take a look at the market numbers. If I can, if I will, if I may... Market's trying to go for four up days in a row, which it hasn't done in a couple of months. We got the SP 500 down one, the NASDAQ down four, the Dow down one. 
Joining me now, certified financial planner Chad Burton to talk all things financial. One of the things I want to talk about is a vacation home. I think it's an ideal that I personally want to have, a vacation home in Tahoe. But before I get there, I I, I forget, I'm going to have to put a TV in it. Am I going to put renters in it? Will the renters take good care of it so that when I go, it's still in good shape? What do you think about some uh, vacation home ideas? I think now's a good time to look at doing it. Okay. I mean, you've got a big drop in real estate prices, so the people that are typically doing it, those that are a little bit wealthier, are probably on track for retirement, you hope. Um, you really got to determine how much you're going to use it. So I find a lot of people go buy a vacation home, and they haven't been really vacationing that much. Right. So they buy it, and they're not using it that much. Um, and we could kind of fall in love when we go to Costa Rica, and we go, oh, this is beautiful. And, yeah. you know, the people at the cabbies are pushing vacation homes there, and you're in love, and you're romantic, and... You make a bad decision because Costa Rica sucks, um, <laughs> and it takes you a couple minutes outside that country to realize it sucks. But when you're there, you're in the moment. Yeah, and you get you know, buying in the moment's always bad. That's when people, most people, buy timeshares, right? Yep. It's in the moment. Absolutely, <laughs> you get free tequila. <laughs> that's kind of where I was going at with that. And sitting through those timeshares, I hear people go, "Yeah, I do two or three of those free vacations a year," and you have to sit through timeshares and that timeshare pitch, and you know, just don't bring your checkbook. I'd rather die than sit through a pitch like that. Yeah, you know, and then people that look at buying vacation homes in Tahoe and stuff like that, a lot of them are Bay Area people, and they've got large mortgages already. Right. And if you buy a second home, there's a limit, you know, right around $1.1 million of how much mortgage debt you can have to be able to write it off. Um, now, you could get a second home and use it as a rental property and write it off as a Schedule C, or on your Schedule E, rather, um, and, you know, if it creates a loss, potentially write that off. But most people in the Bay Area that can afford a uh, vacation home are making over $150,000 a year, right? Right. Which, at that point, you start losing the ability to take losses right. uh, from your Schedule E. It gets suspended until you sell a property. So a lot of people get into the idea of a second home thinking, I'm going to rent it out, I'm going to create some income, and I'll have a tax deduction. Sure. And it might not be. So before you do it, make sure it fits in your overall financial plan because it's, it's it might not be the best use of money. But also run it through um, projections. Right. Go say, pretend that you are going to have the parental property for a full year. Look at the last year's tax return and tell your CPA to run it as if you had the property. And you can see what the overall effect is on your tax brackets. I'm sure CPAs love doing made-up scenarios. Hey, like if that. you have a CPA that doesn't love doing that, yeah. then get a new one. Okay. Fair. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's really important to, to have because most CPAs end up with too many clients and, and they're too busy to run the what-if scenarios. But yeah. it's so important, especially if... Real estate issues, stock options, estate planning issues to have a CPA that's more than willing to meet with you and charge you, you know, a couple hundred bucks an hour to do those those mock uh, returns. Another scenario that we should talk about when buying a vacation home that you may rent, you may not, you know, may retire in is a lot of times things change. Like, for instance, I'd love a Tahoe vacation home to retire into. But I'm imagining that I'll be able to shovel snow in 20, 30 years, and I may not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, be careful what you, your lifestyle may change. Uh, you may no longer like living in the desert or a vacation in the desert. Uh, when you're old, you're, you know, you can cook in that kind of stuff and, and be left to die, and vultures will circle around you and eat your eyeballs out. So <laughs> you may not really like that home 10, 20 years from now. That's yep. what I'm getting at. Yeah, so d- definitely until you've traveled many places, don't buy, don't buy that vacation home. Um, home away but, from home. You know, I know a lot of people that still ski in their 70s and 80s that are really, really you happy. You do not. I do. You do not. I have several clients. I mean, being in, from, you know, having clients across California all the way up to the Northwest, um, some clients, you know, spend the spring and summer in the Northwest, and then they'll go to Colorado for six months a year. Yeah. So. 
Different conversation for a different day. You're listening to me, Rob Black, and that's CFP Chad Burton. You can find Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So some other stories that we need to start talking about. Oil advancing for our fourth day, reversing earlier declines. Oil declines from two-month highs. And it starts to move a little bit higher. Signs of economic weakness and oil continues to move higher. What's that tell you? It's a mixed call, right? What we need to know is that commodities are probably going to move higher as long as the Federal Reserve keeps their monetary policy on easing. Futures will move up and down on a day-by-day basis, but the trend should be higher. There's no signs of growth coming out of Europe's largest economies. Oil in New York faces technical resistance on the Bollinger Band, technically, $94.96 a barrel. German industrial production falling in May, which tells you again, on one hand, things are weak. On the other hand, things are technically uh, bullish on oil. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Uh, Fire reported on the 88th floor of a ground zero skyscraper. That's got to be stressful. Fannie Mae, CEO, talking about housing prices and how they've stabilized in recent months. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. We invest in much, much more. I tend to break down the show into four segments. First segment, what's going on in the market and why, headline news. Second segment, some more serious financial planning conversation. Third segment, a little bit more personal finance and any sort of headlines that are breaking. Some stock tips. Fourth segment, Kind of wrap everything up from the first three segments. Put a nice little bow around it. A couple things that I'll throw out there again and again and again and again and again is it's easy to become a millionaire. My brother David, great influence in my life, once told me, he said, you have to try to get a D or an F in college. You have to go out of your way. Most professors start you with a C and you can earn an A. But you got to try to fail. Same thing with money. It takes great effort not to get to where you need to go. You basically have to go out and spend an egregious amount of money on stupid things. You could easily set up a savings plan. Easily. Automatically with the 401k. Max it out 15%. Stop paying attention like, hey, Blooming Brands, Fleming's Prime Steakhouse, Carabas Italian Grill, as well as Outback Steakhouse comes public. And I know you're like, ooh, I love my Blooming Onion. Onion's a place... On a woman's body that just makes you want to cry. It's that summertime month when women start wearing shorts 
for the first time of the year, that spring-summer transition. And you just go, you look at it and you go, man, I want to cry. That's beautiful. That's a thing of beauty. Should you buy Bloomin, publicly traded company? In no way, shape, or form should you buy Bloomin. Outback Steakhouse is publicly traded earlier in your lifetime in the 1990s. There's no reason on it. With the exception of Del Fresca's, the restaurant sector has had juicy returns this year. Ignite Restaurant Group, ticker symbol IRG, is up 7% since they went public. Tex-Mex Chain, Chili's, Chili's, up 47% since its debut. Dunkin' Brands, up 60% since their IPO. By it's tough to say. The company had to cut the price to get it attractive to investors. So there wasn't a lot of big demand. These typical leveraged buyout deals where they take the company private and then bring them back public. Bloomin' Brands is saddled with $1.5 billion of debt. Earnings are not solely going to pay down debt. In fact, it booked a $100 million profit on $3.8 billion of revenue in 2011. I just can't get excited by it. <clears throat> Food costs are going to rise. It's going to dampen the profit margins, both at Carl's Jr. as well as at Back Steakhouse. Seems to me, will steaks trump burgers? Probably. So I think it's easy to get to where you want to in retirement. <clears throat> you just got to max out the 401k, 403b, 457. You have to set a positive goal for yourself. I want to own a home. I want to retire. Those should be your two big goals. If you're single, maybe I want to marry well. I want to make babies. If I make babies, babies are going to cost me two hundred fifty dollars to $500,000 just to raise them from age 0 to 17, potentially paying for their college. So you got to set some goals. I would say those are four very noble goals. Marry well. Kids. House. Retirement fund. Then you got a second set a date. When's this all going to happen? If you're 28, add, what, 25 more years? That's what you have left of your working career. Maybe 30 more years. You've already spent 10 of your working years gone. Have you saved anything? So you need to set dates for when you're going to achieve your goals. You might miss your deadline. You may underperform, but that's okay. It's part of the game. You'll be ahead of your peers more than likely. Third thing you got to do, first thing you got to do is set some goals. Second thing you got to do is set a date. Third thing you got to do is write it down. You know, put it on your bathroom mirror if you have to. I've lost an egregious amount of weight. I'm thrilled with where I'm at. But I still have a set goal by November. I've done my weight loss in a 12-month period. I'm going to eventually do it all in an 18-month period. Um, and I know exactly where I want to be. So write your goals down. Otherwise, you're just lying. When I was a seven-year-old boy, I carved initials into a tree of me and 
friend of mine had a massive little crush on Tracy. So it was RB plus TM. I didn't put my heart around it. I wasn't that silly. I was silly, but I wasn't that silly. But when I put it in a tree, it made it kind of real, if you know what I'm saying. So when you write things down, he's like, there's nothing better than telling your friends about a loved one, about someone you've just met in your life, because you make it more real. Finally, you got to stay focused. To get to a million dollars, you're going to have to stay focused. There's going to be periods of time where you're like, I want a motorcycle. I want a car. And that's going to basically cause you to underfund your goals that you set for yourself. It's going to create a longer time frame for you to achieve your goals. And you didn't write that down, so it wasn't really all that important to you, and now suddenly it is. So you need to stay focused. Immerse yourself in the goal. Prepare to spend money only on really special things when you absolutely positively have to have them. So it's really not that hard. You need to pay yourself first. If you spend all your money every month, you have nothing left to save. You can't pay yourself, you know, you can't save for retirement. You can't achieve your goals. So you need to automatically put aside 15% of your paycheck automatically. Fund it into your, I mean, that's before you have a housing cost, before you get a diuretic, uh, before you buy alcohol, before you go dancing, you have to pay yourself first. If you wait till the end of the month, you may not have that money. If you start with it built into your budget, you're set. You can't change fact one and not save if you're automatically saving. You know, try using a trick. Stop spinning coins. Spend only paper currency. It's a weird, crazy little way of saving money. But you'll save money. You know, whether it be a shoebox that you put your change into or what have you. But every month, deposit that money into a mutual fund. And suddenly you found a new way of saving. Instead of thinking, like, I hate ketchup. I find ketchup to be ghetto. I know you're saying that's an interesting statement. Um, I'd rather buy Heinz stock, you know? I'd rather buy Exxon. I'd rather buy Coca-Cola. Why buy soda when you can buy companies? You know, John Deere is one of my favorite investments. It's a great company. And yet, do I want a new lawnmower? Do I want to keep beating the heck out of my old lawnmower? Um, Coupons. They're important. They're great. Groupons. They're important. They're great. Only on things that you would actually do. More often than not, I find myself sitting at home watching a baseball game on a Saturday and not spending... 100 bucks going down the Russian River or down the Truckee River. What was funny was uh, I was once going down the Truckee River. People got coolers of beer with them, right? And no one's stopping to go pee. So I said, why aren't you stopping to go pee? And someone said, you know, just do it right here in the river. Just do it right. Go ahead. Do it right now. Like, so I did, but he was in an inner two and I was in a canoe. So like I had these sweat pants that were kind of standing out. So why should I spend a couple hundred bucks to go down the Truckee River if I'm not going to typically go down the Truckee River and I'm only doing it because it's a Groupon deal? 
So sometimes these coupons or groupons could actually cost you more money. Love credit cards, but I don't abuse them. I've got a credit card. I pay it off every month. It's a great way of handling my charges. It's a great way of getting some free points. But it's also a great way of, of spending tomorrow's earnings. You know, I will never pay 18% interest on a credit card. You know, I like my airline miles, but I don't spend a buck 18 to get a buck worth of, of benefit, right? Nobody expects or intends to become debt ridden, and it happens. If you've got debt, pick up a second job, cut your cable, um, sell your services on eBay. Sell your services on Craigslist. Whatever you do, sell yourself. Because if you have debt, you must pay it off immediately. Credit card debt, evil. Mortgage debt, okay. Student loan debt, pretty good. Not the greatest in some cases, but pretty good overall because you're typically improving your career earnings potential. Anyhow and anyway, you're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Tweet Rob Black Show. I'll take a look to see if anyone tweets me during the commercial break, and I'll answer that immediately or address it. Rob Black and your money. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So... I'm not sure if you're enjoying the Olympics or not. I'm kind of watching them a little piecemeal. We're not in earning season, so I can dedicate some time to it. But an Australian hurdlist has caught my eye. Her name's Sally Pearson. She's got an excitable personality. Uh, she seems to truly care about her sport. Hurdles. Her teammates and even her competition. Go Google or YouTube Sally Pearson in celebrations and when she wins a race, she smiles. It's refreshing to see. Um, it's kind of the way I feel about my career. Like, I smile every day. Like, I've got the best job in the world. Uh, Lolo Jones, not so much. But uh, Sally Pearson, <sighs> totally love her. Like, totally love her. And her excitability. And just go Google or YouTube it. Hit some videos. Um, Sally Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. If you don't, if she's not infectious, I don't know what it is. So uh, she's truly nervous in front of a camera, but she's truly stunning when she's running a race. So what are going to be the best housing markets for the next 10, 15, 20 years? American home prices expect to drop 1% from now through March 2013. But over the next five years, home prices are projected to rise 3.9%. Top 15 cities, where do you want to be? I can give you some good ideas. You have to look at the median home price, the median home income, the unemployment rate, and the change in home prices since their peaks to really start getting an understanding. One of the best areas expected is going to be Atlanta. Home prices have declined 37% from their highs. Now, again, in the next 5, 10, 15 years is what you're looking for. Metro population of 5.3 million people. Unemployment rate of 8.7%. Medium family income of 65,000. 
average price of a home is $104,000. That's lower than the national median of $159,000. I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers, and I, I don't want to freak you out. Another great housing market for the next five years, expect to be Palm Coast, Florida. Home prices are down 55%. So depending on when you bought, you may be doing very, very well. Um, home price is down 55%. Average home is $117,000. Average income, $51,000. Bend, Oregon, expect to do very, very well. Unemployment rate of 10.8%. Medium family income of 56000 Home of a major university. Universities are great because you know you get some renters, but you also get some professors. You also get some hospitals, some researchers. Universities, buying in a university town is a great idea. Another good housing market for the next 15. Um, you know, when you're, talk, when you're talking about a list, housing markets are going to do well in the next five years. Expected, based on how much they fell from their peak, average income, population, average price of home, Panama City, Santa Fe, New Mexico, very low unemployment rate of 5.3%. Biloxi, Mississippi. Hunchback, hunchback, I know you're saying Biloxi, like Biloxi Blues. Population of a quarter million people. Uh, Silverdale, Washington. I've never even heard of Silverdale, Washington. It's got the beautiful mountains in the background. It's got a lake. Um, unemployment of 7.4%. And we get to our first California market, Santa Fe, no, Santa Barbara. High unemployment, 8.2%. Home prices are down 52% from their peak. <clears throat> Ocala, Florida. Vero Beach, Florida. Napa, California. That's interesting. Home prices in Napa down 51% since they peaked. Average income of about $77,000. Holy mackerel, I've never heard of this city, but it sounds great. Chowchilla, California. Where do you live, Chowchilla? Home prices down 54% from their peak, 15% unemployment rate. Average income of about $52,000. When I see those average incomes, I'm like, damn, I'm a stud. Daytona Beach is on the list. Winter Haven, Florida on the list. Medford, Oregon. Oregon shows up a couple times. Good for them. Oregon and Washington, Pacific Northwest. As Californians get tired of our income taxes, our property taxes, our sales taxes, we head to other states that don't have that crazy tax rate. So... There are markets that are expected to do well. Those are the top 15 markets that are expected to do the best in the next five years. If your city wasn't on the list, doesn't mean anything. It just means, you know, the mathematical analysis tells you that those are probably the easiest ways to go. Hewlett Packard boast forecast. Eh, I don't know about that one. A lot of their savings, a lot of their earning savings are going to be basically on a write-down from people that they fire, a write-down from their services. 
pre-tax charges. It's to be several years before they get it right and they got some revenue and some strategy direction. I don't think they have it yet. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. I mentioned I was going to take a look and I forgot to take a look. Let's take a look, see if anyone's tweeting me on Rob Black Show. Nope. Some people have followed me. Mohan, Ili, The Parade, Hari, Pitcher Day, and Keen, but that's about it. Oh, um, follow me on Facebook group page. I hate Rob Black. Facebook group page. I hate Rob Black. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. We'll regroup. We'll refocus. We'll talk about should you pay for newsletter services or not. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. This is Rob Black. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. You can find a stream of the show, kdow.biz. You can find a podcast of the show at kdow.biz. Get my free email update. Go to robblack.com and sign up for visitor sign up. Robblack.com and sign up for visitor sign up. I would love to hear more from our Seattle audience. Just know that you're listening. Know that you appreciate the show. Know that I'm being heard. Drop me an email saying you're being heard. Rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. Um, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. I tweet out a podcast of the show every day. I tweet out some of my market notes and anything else that's relevant. I will not tweet anything that's not relevant. Good debates out there on Wall Street. Jersey Shore, DJ, surprisingly. Pauly D names Forbes seventh wealthiest DJ. I know you're saying, could that possibly be right? A spinmeister? <clears throat> it's embarrassing. The eleven million dollar a year mix master from Rhode Island says success hasn't spoiled him. Hold on, wait, stop. What did you just say? The eleven million dollar a year mix master. Uh, that's crazy. Right? Are you with me? You have to admit that's kind of crazy. $11 million a year. 
I got to write myself a note. It is Mixmeister or Mixmister? Mixmeister. Okay. He does the fake tan. He's starting to get a little bit older, so his career as a Mixmeister won't last forever. He says success hasn't changed him. The currently single self-described Guido seems to be saving his big paychecks for a future that will likely include a lucky and presumably well-tanned lady. He says, I have all this amazing stuff going on, and I'd like maybe someday to have someone to share it with. He wants a little bambino. How many times do you think Mixmeisters get to that level? It can't be that often. So I throw it out there for you. Stock slipped today as investors stepped back. Basically, one of the Fed governors came out, Fisher. And he basically said, you know what? Markets may not need more stimulus. Price lines in the news. Bring back Shatner. Bring back Shatner. We want Shatner. Their shares are sharply lower after an online travel company's forecast for the third quarter fell short of analyst expectations. They blamed Europe. McDonald's, one of the ingredients in McNuggets is chicken skin. Yum. I want to start a restaurant just of chicken skin. I know it won't last long. I don't have a good name for it yet, but I love my chicken skin. Um, So McDonald's, they're saying their same store sales were flat. I think it's a buying opportunity in the stock. I don't want you to get rich quickly. I want you to get rich over time. They're going to sell a lot of McNuggets in the future. Macy's is a big winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, why? Retailer topped expectations, revenue expectations. They raised their earnings guidance. What I want you to know about that is it's probably, in large part, because Jason Penny's stinking it up. Ralph Laurent, they're lower today, downbeat forecast for the third quarter. Company second quarter earnings beat expectations with revenue in line. Would I own Ralph Lauren until the day I die? Yes. Would I own Dean Foods till the day I die? Yes. They're spinning off its White Wave Alpro business. Their Horizon Organic Milk, Silk Soy Milk, Almond Milk, International Delight, Land O'Lakes Products. Dean Foods ain't going anywhere anytime soon. Hewlett Packard, they're higher. They boost their third quarter forecast but their numbers were really actually kind of miserable. Starbucks in the news today. They've made a deal with Square. Cash is one step closer to death. With Square, you can get your photo uploaded. And Starbucks, the moment you walked in, your phone triggers. They'll see your photo. You don't even have to pull out a wallet anymore. If that's not hot and sexy, I don't know what is hot and sexy. Are you with me or are you against me on that one? Because I think that's pretty cool. News Corp's going to report numbers tonight after the bell. Um, Outback and Carl's Jr. going public. I will admit I don't eat a lot of fast food because that's the cool thing to say. How awful of a monster would I be if I said I eat fast food 
every meal of the day. Chicks find me sexy. No one's going to admit to eating fast food every day. You know, I don't know. My opinion on fast food is it's like vacations. It's, you know, you don't do it every week. You do it twice a year. So, at most. And yet, McDonald's sits near a 52-week high on a regular basis. Home price is not expected to rise again until spring. Interesting, right? Home, uh, Northeast Indiana, hundreds of factory jobs going unfilled. You know what's funny about America is we bitch and moan. Oh, the unemployment rate is so high in the United States, and we sent all these jobs overseas. How many people want factory jobs? Right? And then once you go through, you know, 500 applicants to get the 10 that you need, that's not exactly an efficient process. The longer it takes to hire new workers, the greater the risk of losing business. We bitch and moan as a society. We look at banks and we're like, right now banks are only lending to the best possible candidates. And trust me, it is incredibly frustrating. And I know that. Right now, banks are only lending to the best of the best. But when they lent to weak people who didn't have good credit history, didn't have good income, it, it, it pushed the collapse of our economy. And now that they're only doing the best, we're like, come on, banks. I need that money. And trust me, I'm asking for that money. Right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense be- in all of this. I don't even know if this microphone's on. 800-516-1220 to prove to me that it is. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. NCAA is trying to block sports betting in Jersey. That's an interesting dilemma. Should we open up gambling? Great way of bringing in revenue. But people who tend to gamble tend to be pretty stupid. House always wins. You're listening to me, Rob Black. Only shows you the way. It shows the speed limit and registers your driving speed. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. I think we have a caller. Nick Campbell, are you there? Hey, I'm there, Rob. Can you hear me? Good, Nick. What are you doing, Campbell? Uh, I'm just driving my way to work. Uh, I work at Apple. Uh, I just wanted to generally uh, say hello and tell you your microphone's on. Tell me, what do you do at Apple, or do you not want to say? Uh, no, I, that's fine. I work as a database engineer. Okay. What's that mean? What's that Explain that. Uh, that basically means that and I oversee kind of data movement from uh, all the factories that develop all their products. That data movement that comes from the factories to Apple's uh, kind of systems, I kind of oversee that process. Without, like, giving any information that you're not supposed to give out, things are pretty good at Apple still, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything you want to give out that, we, that you're not allowed to give out? <laughs> cough, cough, um, cough, twi- cough twice if an Apple TV is coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know that we don't even know some of these rumors. I mean, it's, it's probably the street knows better than what we do because we can't even talk to our 
neighbor in the next cube. It's ridiculous. A very good friend of mine did retail development at Apple six years ago, but he passed away. He he loved working for the company, but he said it was pretty intense. You know, Steve Jobs would call him in the middle of the night. Uh, what's the work environment right now at Apple? It's uh, very intense. Uh, to put it, uh, put it this way, a friend of mine at Apple said that he can't afford to have kids because Apple won't let him. <laughs> it, it's not that he can't afford them. It's just that he doesn't have the time. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. So thanks for the call, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Hey, thanks. Hey, I'm sorry I missed your meet and greet. Uh, I was in the middle of a move, but I definitely want to, uh, you know, if you do another one, I definitely want to meet you again. So We are going to do another one, and thanks for the call. We're going to do that monthly meet and greet the first Wednesday of every month. We're going to announce another one very, very shortly. I believe the uh, September meet and greet will be in Fremont. Let's, hey, look, just walked in the studio. It's Chad Burton. Joining me now, Certified Financial Planner Chad Burton. He is with New Focus Financial. You can find them online at newfocusfinancial.com. One of the areas that I find to be intriguing, again, there's a lot of components that go into retirement. There's mortgages and, and investing, and there's insurance, and there's budgeting. It, mortgages, 30-year uh, versus 15-year, paying it off early, don't pay it off early. Let's talk about one of the greatest arguments that I've had in financial radio is I don't ever prepay a mortgage until I'm wealthy. What's your thoughts on that statement? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Your house is going to go up and down in value regardless of how much you put into it. And especially if you're buying in areas like you know, the Bay Area, yeah. where there could be an earthquake at any time, that type of level of risk, I want the bank in on it with me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because the worst thing that could happen to you is you could end up uh, you know, walking away from that deal with really bad credit for a while. <laughs> so... And that's better than... Or a tax bill. If you know, Right now, if, uh, if you walk away, short sell a home on your primary mortgage, it's, it's not going to be taxable in the past. It has been. So, Something that people don't acknowledge is they, they look at a mortgage and the first four letters are mort. You know, it's, it's death. It's not a positive word. And I think it's, it's a fantastic word because where record rates were in, in low mortgage rates, that's heaven. Mm-hmm. You get to tax deduct some of your income off the interest. That's amazing. That's a huge benefit of a mortgage. Um, you get to write off the interest against your taxable income. That's that's nice. Again, maybe that'll last forever. Maybe it won't last forever. But a mortgage is a cheap cost of money, Chad. Yeah. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And a lot of what you talk about is crap that readjusts for inflation. Like $100,000 in cost will be 200000 because it's readjusted for inflation. Your mortgage, your payment, 3000 a month, 4000 a month, it's the same. It doesn't readjust for inflation. And if it did, it, it would be a horrible product, but it doesn't. Well, and let's talk about the 15-year for a minute because 2011 was kind of a year where I first started saying, hey, you know, you should probably look at a 15-year mortgage to right. some people. Absolutely run the numbers. Because you can you can sit there and you can take your 30-year, which might have, you know, 15 or 20 years left, refinance to a 15-year, possibly pay it off sooner. But again, that's, that's because it's already going to be paid off in a shorter period of time or you're used to that payment. Um, I consistently find in states like Oregon and California where I have clients – the people that go into retirement with a mortgage, which can still be a deduction on your state income tax return, okay, um, and the people that have long-term care insurance, which also can create tax deductions for you, they end up paying less in state income taxes. So as long as your mortgage is over one hundred and fifty, hundred eighty thousand, but if your mortgage is under that, you're not really getting much of a bang for your buck anymore right. because the the mortgage interest deduction is so small. It's almost the same thing as if you just do what's called a standard deduction and you're not writing off your interest. So you know, if, if people right now your mortgage is only around two hundred thousand dollars, 
by all means, get it paid off by the time you retire because it's not really going to be a tax deduction for you anyways. It's a pretty powerful tool. There's an investor named Mullenkamp. Do you remember Mullenkamp? Yeah. yeah. He wrote an article about mortgages back in the 70s, and, and the theory that he threw out there was uh, it's not your home that goes up or down in value. It's the value of the mortgage that goes up or down in value. And it's a concept that most people just don't get, but I, I think it's genius, and it, it changes the way people approach real estate in my mind once you, once you grasp that concept. Yeah, it's not the. I mean, it's the affordability of the, the affordability mortgage of the that mortgage. determines the price of the home, and so the affordability of the mortgage is run by two issues: interest rates and wage inflation. So it's not, you know, it, it. Well, location can come into play a little bit too, but if interest rates are super high, even the location doesn't matter. So I'm not big on the whole uh, mortgage burning book at the end of the 30 years. Like uh, my parents, they wanted to burn their mortgage book. You know, the the coupons, the payments that they sent in, they'd have a mortgage burning party. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most powerful tool on the planet. It, it even allows me to sell my real estate without selling it by taking out another mortgage against it. So I think it's it's unbelievably flexible, and it should be a word that inspires awe, not fear. Right, and there's a certain way to look at financial planning and some people look at it i want to maximize every dollar and that's my number one goal there's other people that look at it say this is what i want money to do for me is to simplify my life and my family's life so some people could say i want my mortgage paid off because that's what makes me feel comfortable in retirement it might not be the best use of each dollar but it makes them feel comfortable and there's a lot to be said for being as comfortable as possible and having as few payments in retirement. Some people, that's their main goal. And, and so don't be ashamed if your goal is to pay off your house. But um, just realize that it might not be the most maximum use of each dollar. Absolutely. And again, I, if you're poor, pay off your mortgage because you have a mortgage on a trailer and it's 18%. And if you're super wealthy, pay it off because it's an inconvenience to send in a mortgage payment. And everyone else should 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 let it go. Just pay it on time is the is the trick and the important thing. You're listening to me, Rob Black, with CFP Chad Burton. You can find Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com. Another big story out there today, eBay, once a scrappy auction site for mom and pops, is now trying to partner with big retailers. Give me a second on this one and it'll make sense. eBay's been telling retailers that Amazon's the enemy. eBay's their friend. Amazon holds inventory. They don't. Amazon buys products wholesale, stores them in inventory, sells them to consumers at higher prices, like all retailers. eBay says it just matches buyers and sellers. So the message is starting to sink in. Will Amazon have a true competitor down the road? Tough to say, but you get the idea, right? You listen to me, Rob Black. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.